I'm Leslie Torres. And I'm Bronna Marks. And together we co-host West Coast Mix and Bounce. For all things West Coast NBA. That's right. We cover the Lakers, Clippers, Warriors, and yes, the Kings and the Suns. When there's something good to talk about. We have a new and fun episode every two weeks where we break down the craziest headlines in the NBA that pertain to the West Coast teams. We are such a niche podcast that you won't find anywhere else. I mean, two girls with experience in the field talking West Coast basketball. Um, yeah, you want to listen. This is West Coast Mix and Bounce brought to you by LAFB Network. Yes, welcome back to another episode of West Coast Mix and Bounce. Today we have a lot of great topics for y'all. We're going to be talking about Zion and LeBron James. They finally got to play against one another, not once, but twice. And so we'll get into that. Um, we're also going to talk Western Conference playoff predictions. Uh, we're going to go a little bit, a little deep dive into what it means for the Western Conference. And then, lastly, we're going to talk about Stephen Curry making his return for the Golden State Warriors on Thursday. And we're going to have a special guest, Audrey Diaz, who works with Tab Deportes, another company I work with, and she covers Golden State. So she's going to be on with us talking about it and like kind of filling us in on what's the vibe over there in Golden State. But first things first, LeBron James and Zion Williamson finally met in a real life game. First, finally, yeah. <laughs> first, it was here in LA, um, and then they met in New Orleans. Both games, the Lakers won. But I mean, Zion was very, very impressive, and it's crazy to think that this is only his. 12th, 13th game, I think, 16th game when he met with the Lakers. So, um, Bruno, what did you think about the matchup? Did you think that experience kind of got the best of rookie Zion? Or do you think LeBron James is just an amazing 35-year-old that can do it all? <laughs> I mean, honestly, like everything that you just said, I can agree with. <laughs> um I think Zion really I mean he's a young superstar. He's only 19. He's the youngest uh he has the youngest streak by a teenager with 20 plus points and 13 games straight. Um he's averaging 16.8 points in the paint. Uh, you know, he topped that youngest streak of LeBron and Luka. So that also tells you how much other young star power we have in the league right now. But um, Zion, he has, it's just amazing to see how he's come in with so much experience and so much drive and just so much power already but it's also great to see the contrast between the fact that Zion is still young and he has like a lot of things to work on when you place him next to somebody like LeBron James if you look like on paper in their first meeting they both played 33 34 mm -hmm. um, minutes uh, LeBron James had 40 points though and uh, Zion had 30 
29 or 39? He had 29 and 1 and 35 in the second game. But still. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so he only had 29 points. But, I mean, going up against somebody like LeBron James and the Lakers, you know, you're just coming back off of an injury. You're a rookie. Like, 33 minutes, 29 points, three assists, six rebounds. I mean, come on. (laughs) You know, like, and uh, it was a lot of back and forth between LeBron and um, Zion. You know, really fun plays to watch, a three, a dunk, you know. Uh, So they're very competitive, but I think definitely at the end of the day, LeBron was like, all right, kid, like, you still got a lot to learn. I'm not going to give it to you soft. Uh, but yeah, like big ups to you. <laughs> yeah, LeBron definitely was like, hold my, hold this. Let me show you how it's done. But I mean, <laughs> yeah. at, at, towards the end of the game, you can tell that LeBron was very impressed by Zion. He had already seen him play in college, but you know, to actually play him, pl- watch him play professionally, um, it's like everything that we've been talking about is the same thing that LeBron James is kind of like shocked about too. I think after the game, he was like. What strikes me is, like, his size, how strong he is, how he's, like, able to move. And I, we said this before, like, he's so big. And for him to move that fast and that quick, it's a sight to see. Yeah. And it's, like, his athleticism, it's crazy. It's, um, it's something that you kind of don't see as much. And so I know Zion had a lot of comparisons to LeBron James you know, both being drafted, like, really young and both being, like, looked at since high school. And so you can kind I kind of saw some similarities. Like, they're both very competitive. You can tell that they both very much wanted to win. And um, they're both, like, big and strong men, and they kind of just bully their way into the paint, which I love that kind of basketball. But um, you're right. Like, he has played impressively. I think that was, he had like five straight games that he scored 25 points or more in a game for Zion. So, I mean, and then to take it back, like this is his first season and he's only 16, 17 games in. And so I'm impressed. I'm glad I got to see kind of that matchup and we don't have to wait like to see, you know, sometimes when the matchups happen, it happens too soon or it happens too late in each, yeah. other, each other person's career. So to see that, I kind of, I appreciate it. I liked it. And it's crazy to think that LeBron is just 35 years old. Like, he could still hold his ground against, like, the best, apparently, and Definitely. the youngest. So, um, Yeah, uh, and the youngest, exactly. I mean, he was making Zion just, I mean, making him look more of a rookie than, you know, the rest of the league yeah. is kind of giving him um, That's a props good point. for, you know, so... It's like once you go against LeBron, like, and it, it honestly proved, like, especially turning around less than a week later, they go up to New Orleans, the Lakers, and they beat them again. Mm-hmm. LeBron plays 36 minutes. He has 34 points. He shot 60% from three. I mean, he's leading the league in assists. Um, and then Zion had 33 minutes, 35 points, seven rebounds. He was 75% from field goal range. So it's like when you look at the numbers, it's like this kid is 19 and LeBron is in his 17th season. But like on paper, they look really scarily like similar, you know. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, 
LeBron not only gets the dub, but he still looks like he's been in the game for a long time and he's learned a lot. <laughs> yeah, they both you know, play very well. A, it's, yeah, it's not just like power moves mm-hmm. for LeBron anymore. Like, obviously it is, but LeBron has made himself such a dangerous player because he can play every position and Zion is definitely not there. And I think if Zion does want to become that kind of versatile player, it's definitely going to take him a while. Um, to get there but I think the biggest conversation now is that people are very up and up on the MVP uh, voting this year because they're like okay wait it was Zion oh it was John Moran but wait what about LeBron so what what do you feel Leslie like do you feel like LeBron is still like MVP candidate or do you think it's like all right give it to the young guys I think he is but because of that point like He's 35 and he's accomplishing so much in this season and can stand his ground against the younger players that are just coming in. And for me, I feel like you have to be an all-around well player, very well, very athletic on all sides, on all both sides of the court. So he's obviously doing well offensively, but there's stuff that on defense that a stat can't measure what he does or how he passes, or how he finds, like, these great open players. And, I mean, you can see assists, but there's, like, some that are just, like, you know, that sealed the deal for the games, or those are your kind of, like, MVP moments that you want to have. So I feel like LeBron James is definitely on my list. There are other players around the league that are obviously on my list, too, but he should not be taken out (laughs) for the rookies. That's what I think. Because rookies still, like, they're not perfect. They still got some time. There's some that are great that play really well. There's some more veteran players that play well as as well. But I feel like just taking LeBron James off that list or not even having him in the conversation is wrong. Like, he needs to be in that conversation for sure. Oh, definitely. How about yourself? What do you think? Definitely agree with that. I I mean, you know, I'm a little biased <laughs> because LeBron has been like my favorite player since day, you know, but I think honestly at his age, just like you said, just like how a lot of, you know, sports journalists are talking about this and in, in this kind of discussion is that he is accomplishing so much for mm-hmm. his age. It's like Dude, we already thought you peaked, like, you know, when you won two <laughs> rings with the Heat or when you just, you know, or when you just won that uh, that first ever uh, NBA championship with the Cavs. But exactly. it's like now you're with the Lakers and, like, you look better than you did, like, three, six years ago. So it's like, gosh. So I think people are also kind of like, wow, how long is LeBron going to have this king streak? Mm-hmm. But he definitely still owns that crown. And I would definitely put up a really strong argument that he could be MVP and it would completely fit his season. I mean, last year, I think people were looking more at the fact that the Lakers were struggling, uh, but they also have to take into account now that this year they rearranged, Mm -hmm. they readjusted, you know, they created a whole new dynamic. They started focusing on, focusing on defense more and LeBron LeBron was right there throughout that entire process you know he never wavered and he came back better not for just himself but for his teammates and that crosses over into his you know leading the league in assists so yeah LeBron is definitely a player to look out for 
when uh, the MVP voting starts for sure hands down <laughs> yeah yeah like those are some mvp like type moments that you can't write down like in a stat you know yeah he's playing really yeah. well but he's also brought the lakers back into like a championship mode he's brought them back to the playoff after what like nine or ten years like they don't make stats for that but that's kind of shows you the value of the player that he is not only for his team or for himself mm-hmm. but around the league so i feel like yeah he's definitely in the combo and um, we might have, like, depending on how the Western Conference is looking, the playoffs are going to be very fun to watch. Um, currently, right now... Yeah, it's stressful. Yeah, very much. Currently, right now, we have the <laughs> Lakers in first, and then we have the Clippers in second, and they're, the Clippers are only five games behind. I mean, it's not that bad. Um, then we have the Nuggets, Rockets, Jazz, Thunder, the Mavs, and then the Grizzlies. But in those like 8, 9, 10th, 11, 12th spot, it can lit- they're only a one game away from one another. So it can really go, it can change quickly, it can move a lo- around a lot depending on who the Lakers are going to play. So when we saw them play the Pelicans, we were thinking like they could probably slip into the 8th seed. But now, I, I don't really know because they're all the way down to the 12th. But because seed 12, 11, 10, yeah. 9, they're so close to one another. The last kind of bit is gonna, probably going to be changing a lot from here on out to April. Uh, but given how the things are right now, how would you, who would you take? Not how, who? <laughs> yeah, I mean, literally the Lakers and the Clippers have been in the same positions for the whole season. So I I think everybody would be surprised if that's flipped uh, somehow at some point. But definitely, like you said, between 7 and 12 is like a free-for-all, which is frustrating but also exciting because obviously you want to know off the top who is the number one and the number two seed playing in the first round and vice versa like if you're seven or eight you know who who do you want to prepare for because the lakers and the clippers are two completely different teams yes they're very strong in the on the west but it's just like depending on who they play they may or may not get upset. So I think uh, between, especially between the Grizzlies, the the Grizzlies, the Trailblazers, the Kings, the Spurs, and the Pelicans, first off, they're all very close in ranking um, for mm-hmm. as far as strength of schedule. So they're like, it's it's it literally is a free-for-all. It's like they can win or they can lose. It's like 50-50. But the Grizzlies, their issue is, is that they have the number two strength of schedule left. So yeah. that's going to be very difficult for them to remain at eighth spot. And I don't know if you saw, but there was a lot of conspiracy going on and on how the Lakers completely tanked that game with the Grizzlies just so they could get them into the eighth spot. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm, I I'm not too sure that. about that math, but... <laughs> Yeah, I'm not too sure about that because there's a lot that can happen. Uh, Some of their toughest opponents they have left are the Bucks, the Mm Raptors. They play the Raptors twice. They play the Celtics, the Nuggets, and the Jazz. So those are literally the top-seeded teams uh, between the West and the East Coast. So that's a very, very, very 
tough schedule. Then you look at somebody like the Lakers, you know, they're further down on the list. They have the, they, they play the Bucks tonight. They got the Raptors, the Clippers twice again. They haven't won a game against the Clippers yet. So mm, we'll that's going to be fun to watch. <laughs> <Sunday>. <laughs> It is, and then they got the Nuggets and the Jazz, So, but I think right now where the Lakers are, they are very comfortable in that one spot, and I wouldn't be surprised if they lock that down within the next few weeks, but uh, definitely. Well, if yeah, they win I, tonight I think really against the Bucks, the- they clinch a playoff spot, so it could, ha- it could happen today, it could happen on Sunday, uh, we'll see. I'm, you know, we'll me as a see. Lakers fan, I'm excited because it's been the longest since we've been in the playoffs. <laughs> so even to feel like, oh, we yeah. have a chance, it's great. It's amazing for me. It's amazing. <laughs> no, I feel that. I know LA is definitely yearning, especially after the last few months. You mm-hmm. know, not only oh. that California has experienced, but you know the whole league. So for LA to go go through and. I mean, I've I've been saying since the beginning of the season that I want them to win a championship, but now even more, you know, it's like they have that morale, that that emotion behind it, plus the just the logistics of it too. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I think the biggest overall thing for me is that those those last like seven through twelve spots is like wow we're gonna have to really watch the last like twenty ish games real close because anything can happen between those spots. Yeah, that's gonna be. I feel like that's gonna be probably the focus for the Lakers towards the end, being like, who well, who do we want in the eighth seed and what can we do to should we stay here? Should we move around? And but I don't know. I feel like they're kind of locked in for first. They're five games behind. And the Clippers have kind of been very strategic about, I feel like, when they risk Kawhi. So kind of like risking a loss. And I feel like kind of they know what they're doing too. So it's all just at this point, like, let's see how the schedule unfolds towards the end of the um, standings. But I feel like whatever matchup is going to be fun to watch. The Pelicans can still make the eighth seed. So, or the Blazers, or... Or the Spurs, all great games to watch against the Lakers. And the Clippers are yeah. in second. And all great players, too. Yeah. The Clippers are currently second, and the Mavs are currently seventh. So that would be, like, a potential matchup to be on the lookout, which I think I like. I would love to see, like, Luka against Kawhi and Paul George and, like, see what they can do. Obviously, I feel like the Clippers are going to lead that series, but it's still going to be fun to watch regardless. Definitely. I, I definitely think uh, the Clippers definitely have more of a chance to be upset this year. Uh, like, you know, get knocked out crazy like the first or second round. Because I just don't know how their, cons- their consistency is still very mm-hmm. confusing. <laughs> I agree. You know, especially <laughs> with the idea of load man- management and stuff. So it's like, I mean, they could, their series could literally go to seven every time, you know? Like, I feel like they're that kind of team because they just don't know how to win consistently. Consistently, and then LeBron, you know, he's been preaching this whole, we don't want to lose two. So then you look across at the Lakers, and they have it all down packs, supposedly. Mm -hmm. So it's just kind of like, it's 
I don't know. I feel like I need to like prepare my heart <laughs> for this playoffs, uh, this postseason, this NBA postseason, because I feel yes. like it's going to be the most stressful one yet. <laughs> stressful and emotional, and I feel competitive, very competitive. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Now let's switch gears a little bit. Uh, we're gonna have Audrey and Diaz with us. She's been covering the NBA and the Golden State Warriors since 2016. And she recently broke the news of Curry returning on Thursday against the Raptors. So we have Audrey here with us. Welcome to West Coast Mix and Bounce. Thank you for being here. Welcome, welcome. Thank you for having me. And so let's just start off with... How did you break the news of Stephen Curry returning on Thursday? And I'm just saying this because, yes, Shams tweeted it out and, like, everybody that we know of. But Audrey kind of knew before she wrote a whole article about it. So tell us how that happened and how um, Curry's return came on Thursday. I mean, I don't know necessarily how it happened but <laughs> uh, I had a league source that told me that, that Curry was going to play that Thursday so, so uh, Curry went on record yesterday actually after the game or after his return I should say that he was hoping to um, play Sunday against the Wizards um, as it was I guess originally reported. Um, yeah, because I remember they had like a timetable of when Curry was going to return and um, that didn't happen. So they gave him more time. And so his return date was not the one they had said originally. So now we all kind of had to stand and wait for Curry. But what do you think slowed down that process and how did the Warriors kind of um, just get him ready to play again? In Warriors' spirit, uh, Curry always wants to play no matter what. So they kind of have to put the brakes on him and say, hey, guy, like, no, we're going to, like, you know, you're, like, our franchise player. We're going to protect you as far as we can. So they wanted to wait on him. Oh, yeah, for sure. The Warriors have always given off a player-first kind of vibe. And they're always putting, especially their star players, first. But tell us a little bit more of what happened on Thursday for his debut. Uh, his Thursday debut, he put 27 minutes, got 23 points, 7 assists, 7 rebounds. And a really impressive stat on turnover, um, which was... Which was you have assists, you have all that, all those defenders on you. Raptors in town, NBA defending champs, and you only had one turnover. Really impressive. Definitely, I think it was uh, great to see you know Steph come back on the court. Everybody missed him. LeBron even tweeted out that you know they missed him in the game. I mean, Steph Curry brings a different kind of attitude and aura to the NBA from especially with his beyond three-point range. I mean, out of this world, I heard that he was, uh, you know, shooting far from beyond the arc, uh, even during the warm-ups. So he definitely looks like he hasn't really missed a beat since he's been out for months. Um, how was it for you, Audrey, to, like, see his teammates react to him being back? One thing about this team is even though they're – 14 and and they've only won 14 games um this season 
these guys have so much. Um, I I can't give them enough credit being a losing team and having fun and and trying to figure stuff out. Uh, just to put it into perspective, there's three guys on 10-day contracts with the team right now, three rookies, um, and an undrafted rookie. And then you have what are long-term key pieces in Andrew Wiggins. And so so they already have a good time. With Steph on the court, it was it was crazy. They, they mm-hmm. play with so much joy when he's on the court. Steph brings this whole other element to it. Not only does he make everyone step up their own game, uh, but he has fun doing it. And stuff, um, he, is, he did show like Russ, which is okay. He's been out for four months, which is an incredible recovery because this injury takes seven to eight months. So Steph didn't have time. Um, and yes, during warm-ups, he was practicing from the half half from half court every time he was going out there and working up. and so um, the guys love playing with him a lot of them I mean from last year there's only Draymond Clay who's out Draymond's been having knee issues he had MRI on his knee um, it's something that they're concerned about Looney who um, has been having issues uh, hip issues in a concern and Damian Lee um, were all on the team him going out um, on Thursday was the first time he even got to play with these guys mm. they had a good time playing. yeah you could tell it was like really fun I mean even after Curry was like it felt great to be back I'm not gonna lie at first I was a little bit worried because he missed his three first three or four shots so I was like are we not gonna have the Curry that we're used to I think the Warriors didn't want to play Steph if they didn't have to. Mm-hmm. Um, but the type right. of Steph is, he wants to be on that court. He loves the game so much. And people want to see Steph on the court. The game needs Steph. And so, so with that being said, um, the, the Warriors really want to see how he works with everybody. They want to know if Andrew Wiggins is the key piece for this team. They want to see how their chemistry is. Um, and, and so last night we saw Andrew Wiggins and Steph Curry playing together um, the same minutes. And it was very clear that that's what happened. He only played 27 minutes. Um, they wanted to limit him to 25 to 28 minutes in four to eight, four to six minutes spurts, which they did, and gradually they're going to gear him up to play more. So we'll see. There's, I believe, 19 more games left uh, that they'll be able to test up the chemistry. Definitely. And I think, too, you know, add to that, uh, Steve Kerr was saying, you know, we're, we're out of the woods now. You know, it's like we've gotten through the toughest part. Um, now their goal is to reach a higher level a play, which is what he said. So it's kind of like, just like what you said, you know, they're trying to figure out how the pieces work as best as possible in these last, you know, handful of games. They're not going to have a postseason. So they are going to have some extra time to really connect with their players, hopefully, and use that time in a significant way so they can be ready for next season. Because Mm -hmm. now the big question is, 
are is is like will the warriors be in playoffs next year will they be ready by next this time next year oh i think so for sure yeah (laughs) yeah definitely um yeah i feel that the warriors deserve a lot of credit for how they've been able to um help their team and their players when they get injured and like to put them back into basketball mode and to play and so that's basically what they've done with curry they did like you know go play with the g league team warm up get ready for us and then once you're ready like play for the warriors and i feel like maybe it's gonna happen the same thing the same thing with thompson so that's gonna be kind of exciting to watch and um i'm with audrey i think they are gonna make the playoffs next season but the Western Conference, as we've talked about before, it's like constantly changing. Every team is so competitive and so close. And so I feel like other teams have taken this time, the, the Warriors' downtime, to kind of like get ready and prep because they know what's coming. They know that Curry's going to come back. They know Thompson's coming back. And if Wiggins happens to be that piece, he's going to be back too. And so it's like, how do you fight against a team like that, you know? And especially when Curry's actually shooting great and like doing it from deep have we all all kind of seen him and they develop their players to kind of fit the team they want so I feel like they are going to make a playoff run but other teams in the Western Conference are kind of like paying attention to and it might not be as easy as it was last season ago but I feel like it's just going to be very competitive and there's nothing greater than having great players come back from injuries and um, as we've seen with Sean Livingston before he retired too, um, they the Warriors are really good with players and like that have been injured and like getting them back on track. Yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, I mean, the Western Conference has been trying to be since 2015. Okay, don't get that wrong. Uh, <laughs> the the Rockets have been on record saying my only goal is to beat the Warriors. The Lakers are not getting LeBron James and not trying to take that, take that title from the Warriors. So, so, uh, so yeah, definitely. There, I think you made a good point. This off, or I should. It feels like an off season to me because they've been so bad. <laughs> this this season for the Warriors has been a moment when other teams can actually get their rosters together and catch up and find their chemistry and really be competitive for next year, which is, it's going to be really exciting. It feels really weird that we're still in this season and <laughs> playoffs are coming for the teams that, well, the Lakers in LA um, that you cover, uh, Leslie, but it just, it, yeah, the, we gotta look. For, all we have as warriors is to look forward to next year. It just gives so much more respect to Steve Kerr too, and being able to handle the ups and downs of the Warriors and the the growth and the progress. And you know, when it's slow, when it's not, he always seems to be very positive. And I think for him to have that personality as a coach makes the Warriors an extremely, extremely a confident team and able to jump back from pretty much everything. And I do definitely agree with both of y'all that they'll be back and they'll be making a playoff run and giving LeBron James and Kawhi Leonard Leonard a headache and all that good stuff. (laughs) For sure. Yeah. Steve Kerr is definitely, um, you know, I was, 
that's something that I've been paying attention to closely this season is how Steve Kerr worked with a team like this because essentially he had adopted Mark Jackson's team. And then he made he, he was able to develop those guys and create um, this Warriors team that we all have come to know and and people have vilified because they're in finals every year. Um, and so I was interested to see how, okay, you don't have these pieces. Um, how do you do over this season? And how do you stay positive? And how do you support the guys? And and all of the players that have come through our tours this season, which is a lot of different guys, um, they all have great respect for this organization and Steve Kerr and his coaching staff and how they do what they can and how, however they can to develop these guys and, and let them know that, hey, we're here for the long run, um, whether the guys are there for a short period of time. I mean, we saw so much go down with the trade Um they're there to really help these guys out and they make the guys feel like that. And so that's something that the coaching staff is extremely good at, at Golden State. Well, I'm excited to have him back and to see what he can do next season. Yeah, I think we're all excited to have Steph back. He's definitely a major piece of this league. So it's good. all It's good all the way around. That's right. And um, before we go, Audrey, why don't you give us your information of where people can follow you on social media? So you can find me on Instagram and Twitter. Um, I have the same handle for both. It's A-U-D-R-E-E-22 um, for more Warrior coverage. Okay, well, guys, thank you again for coming to listen to us on West Coast and Mix and Bounce. And thank you, Audrey, for stopping by and giving all the, uh, you know, information on the Warriors. And we'll see you guys next time. Thank you, guys. Thank you.